Blog Talk Radio. Participants. 
Their trauma-informed perspective the survivor professionals will help guide discussions on the issue of sexual abuse, trauma, and healthy human sexuality. That's very questions and topics brought to you um, to us by you listeners. Everyone's invited to engage in tonight's show. Please visit the NASCA.org website, which is naasca.org, and we've got um, a whole bunch of programs on there, including um, a lot of information uh, for parents and, and preventing um, child abuse, which is um, very, very important. So um, thank you, Annie, for um, um, being checking people out. And uh, we'll go ahead. And uh, Cherie, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, I think Annie's um, checking out who else we have uh, on the line. We have another caller. Um, but uh, you've been on before, so I'm going to turn it over to you because I'm sure that uh, you can get us started here, and then we'll have a discussion. Okay. okay. So welcome. Well, and I appreciate coming back on again. Thank you. Uh, no, I've noticed that, uh, uh, you know, I'm reading a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, news sources and, and, uh, just reading online and I've noticed that, uh, the, uh, they're trying to normalize pedophilia. Uh, they've got a new name that they, that, uh, the, pedophiles want to be called and Mm -hmm. it's either MAPS or YAPS. MAPS stands for Minor Attracted Persons and YAPS stands for Youth Attractive Persons. And what they're trying to do is they are trying to euphemize uh, all it is is a euphemism. And you know a euphemism is a word that softens a harsher meaning. And uh, they're trying to euphemize pedophilia. Pedophiles, they want to be called MAPs or YAPs. But we need to call Mm -hmm. them for what they are. They're pedophiles. Nothing more, nothing less. Pedophiles. Mm -hmm. Which is illegal. uh, and It sounds like it's not illegal. It's just a preference. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. if you, uh, it's getting to the point to where if you call them pedophiles, uh, then basically you get bullied online for it. No, we're not pedophiles, we're maps. And mm. I just, I refuse to go along with that because yeah. pedophilia is illegal. And uh, I think it's it, it's their way of trying to normalize it. You know, mm-hmm. society nowadays is trying to normalize child sexual abuse, and it's not right, and we need to stand against that. I got, uh, I got cyberbullied. They're trying to cancel culture me because of the fact that I call them pedophiles and the fact mm-hmm. that uh, I called out, you know, the normalization of pedophilia. I called out... Um, kids being groomed for sexual abuse mm-hmm. and I 
I just called out a lot of bad stuff, and now I'm getting a lot of blowback for that. But yeah, I'm not worried. The whole thing is, pedophilia is illegal, and um, that's like saying that um, you know somebody that robs a bank, giving them another name, so that it's not illegal. It's illegal. <laughs> so it's not like you're, you know, it, it's not like you're calling them something they're not. They are. <laughs> so I, I don't, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. They, they don't want to be called pedophiles, but that's what well, they are. Yeah, of course not. Not if they can get away with it. Right. And, you know, they're, they, um, they're trying to normalize this stuff. I saw a video <laughs> where, this woman was going around to college campuses and giving TED talks that pedophiles are just normal human beings, that pedophiles should be called maps. Uh, they, they just uh, basically love is love, uh, whether they're attracted to kids or not. And it's like, uh, no, I just, I'm not going to go along with that. No, no. And I'm getting a lot no, of blowback for it. I'm glad you're bringing that uh, issue out because uh, a lot of people that, that aren't, you know, um, paying attention to those things are not going to know it. So I'm glad that you're you're bringing this out. And I know that um, I've heard, too, that they're trying to say that even a child four years old um, can choose whether or not they want to be sexual. And it just makes me wanna right draw. that's the that's yeah. the stuff I'm calling out, and not only that uh i'm also I'm calling out child mutilization too um yeah, you know this uh they're trying to say that children as young as two years old are old enough to consent to decide mm-hmm. whether they want to have sexual mm-hmm. reassignment surgery. And oh it's goodness. something we need to discuss. Um, kids are going to be, if they allow this to go on, there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to be ruining their lives. They're going to ruin their lives forever. They won't have any, they won't be able to have children. They won't be able to have a normal life. And well, a lot of these um, genital uh, mutilization is that I can't say the word. Um, you probably can. Um, genital mutilization. Yes. Um, like they do in uh, other countries. I know that they were they were talking about even um, circumcising a boy, um, and I had never thought of that when when I circumcised my son. Um, the pain that they go through. You know, um, I had right. I had never thought, you know, but um, but yeah, I think we these things really need to be talked about. They do. But, Annie, uh, are you with they, what it? What uh, um, do you have some feedback on the the um, yeah changing the world? Well, I was just thinking about circumcision. When my little boy was born, my doctor said he was the only doctor who used painkillers for circumcision. He says, doctors don't numb them up. Mm-hmm. They just do it. The baby screams, so what? Mm-hmm. 
And I yeah. think that I, the mutilation business, I think they shouldn't do it, although maybe from a health thing, I don't know, you know. But in general, I think we shouldn't be mutilating infants' bodies. Um, that's just my opinion. So, And, and mm-hmm. everyone is welcome to um, be opposed mm-hmm. to that opinion, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think about say, uh, changing, changing that the thing for um, pedophilia um, um, and trying to make it, like, I'm pretty much you're trying to say that it's not illegal if they change this preference, <laughs> sexual preference. Right. Uh-oh. You know, when they get 18, they can, they can do what they want. If, when they reach the age of majority, they can do what they want. But... As long, as long as they're under 18, you know, they, they really, they're really not old enough to really know what they want. When I was 16, 17 years old, I didn't know what I wanted. So, I mean, if, if a 2-year-old or a 5-year-old, 7-year-old, 9-year-old, whatever, if, if they're not old enough to drive, they're not mm-hmm. old enough to smoke cigarettes, they're not mm-hmm. old enough to drink, how in the yeah. world are they old enough to decide if they want to have a sex change surgery? Mm-hmm. They're not. They can't consent to that. I mean, just mm-hmm. because a, a little girl plays with with uh, with trucks, toy trucks, right. or a little boy plays with dolls, does that mm-hmm. does not mean that they no. that they can consent? I, I play trucks and I hate it with exactly, you know. Um, and I, but I always felt that um, that um, as a girl, you know. Um, right. Philip has um, comments here too. Philip. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Hi, Philip. Are you hoping for a strong man's opinion? Are you hoping for somebody else's opinion? Oh, well, what was that? Are you what hoping for somebody else's again? opinion? Are you hoping for another uh, opinion? Yes. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be willing to hear an, a different opinion. Um, I'm still thinking about my opinion because I just heard about this stuff. So I don't have an opinion yet. Sorry. Uh, that, and that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that, you know, my biological father uh, raped me when I was 15 and said, I waited until you were old enough, whatever the hell that meant, you know. Well, well it's never old. It's it's never, it, it's never okay to rape somebody, even, it, no. I mean, if, if it's never okay to rape somebody, child or an adult. Right. But, yeah. Well, they, yeah, actually, right. they actually processed. Um, they actually uh, prosecuted him for something that he did when I was 17, and I didn't think that they were gonna because I was 17, and you know, but I was still under 18, and uh, for incest, and I was, I was pretty shocked. It was the uh, state of Minnesota against him. It wasn't me against him because I was a minor. Right. 
And I can't imagine, you know, um, being young like when I was um, molested by the neighbor and he had raped the three- and four-year-old girl that, um, you know, um, and they went around the whole neighborhood and asked all the kids, had this man, you know, touched them in a bad way. And uh, he had uh, pretty much um, had all the children in the neighborhood that he had groomed and... um, at one level or another had abused them. And uh, my brother said yes, too, but I didn't hear the conversation to find out, you know, what had what had truly happened um, with him. But, um, yeah, we had to go to court and everything. And, well, we had to go to the judge's chambers. And that was, right. that was a whole other weird thing. That was a weird thing because I went in there and I was seven years old and that, you know, I, I didn't have much language on everything. And so, you know, the judge said, what did what did Mr. Belt do to you? And I said, well, he touched my pee-pee, put his hands in my pants and touched my pee-pee. And the judge says, I don't understand, show me. And I felt what? just like I did. Yeah, I felt just like I did with, with uh, the neighbor, you know. Oh, my goodness. And, and my grandmother, like, just told me all the way there, you have to tell the judge the truth. You have to tell the judge the truth or you're going to get in trouble, you know. And and Does so the judge in my you little kid's mind, show me what he did, yeah. That, that was so inappropriate. It was. That it was, was inappropriate. And my grandparents didn't go in there with me or nothing, you know. It was just me and that judge. And, and I was, you know, scared and, of course, I felt horrible afterwards and all that shame and everything else and confusion, you know, and, and not being able to tell anybody because, you know, apparently the judge didn't understand is what in my little kid head, you know, and now looking back, <laughs> yeah, totally inappropriate. Um, but you don't know when you're a kid. You don't know. Right. That's Right. You're not you know. old enough to really grasp the the entire concept of that. No, no, and my my grandparents were, you know, they didn't really talk about, you know, um, like now people hopefully realize that, you know, they can talk to their kids about uh, their body parts, correct names, um, what's, you know, um, what's inappropriate, and uh, I just want to say NASCA does have information on our website, they're protecting our children. Um, and we have a whole bunch, we have, I think, 40 programs, if I'm not mistaken, on the website. So I encourage people to go on there. Um, I know that my grandparents um, didn't know how to talk to me about it. And uh, my mom was being appropriate. <laughs> I was raised with my grandparents, but my mom was told me too much, you know, and because um, I'd see her once in a while. And uh, I, did, I really didn't know what to do with my kids, you know. And uh, so it's very important that um, that you do talk to them, to kids, um, about, you know, um, uh, inappropriate touching. And uh, right. I had a little bunny to show my kids. And, you know, I talked about where the bunny's bathing suits were, you know, and nobody can touch under the bathing suit parts and this and that, you know. And uh, uh, so, you know. That was a little bit, but but it happened that uh, one of my kids was told that 
yeah, your mom cares about other kids because of the work at the better women's shelter helping women and children. Your mom cares about those kids, but not you. She said I could do. Th- she said I could do this to you, you know. And and of course, lie to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, they. I am so sorry that happened to you. Huh? I said I am so sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just, you know, I got to a point in my life where just these things kept happening and I realized, you know, I came to the conclusion that the only reason I was put on this earth was to sexually satisfy men. And it took me a long time in therapy and talking about it with other people to to realize that that wasn't true. But, but that was really what I believed for years. And it got right. me a lot of drugs and alcohol because I didn't know how to deal with it and figured that was my fate, you know. And and so I did you know, I didn't even understand the word rape <laughs> at all. Right. I just didn't because I was never told what it was, you know. And the and the sad thing is that uh this kind of thing, child sexual abuse, it is so widespread now. You have you know, people, you know, you have higher-ups doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, politicians, judges, um, businessmen, I mean, people from all walks of life doing that. And mm-hmm. it's the worst kind of evil. It, it's the worst kind mm-hmm. of evil. And I will mm-hmm. always speak out against that. Me too. Me too. You know, Especially when they're trying to twist it around and make it make it not you know, make it uh, legal. It's just, it, it just, exactly. makes, like I said, makes me sick um, that they're trying to normalize, it, which, you know, of course they are because they want to do it, you know. Right. They're First trying they to legalize it, it too. Yep. Uh, certain yep. government entities are trying to legalize this mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. right. It will never be right. No matter how right. they legalize it, they, it will never be right. Wrong, right. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And a child mm-hmm. is innocent, you know. Right. And when you sexually abuse a child, you destroy the innocent. You change that child forever. Yep. My childhood was stolen is what I say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bit by bit by bit, you know. As a matter of fact, when I, right. you know, started getting into therapy and really getting into it and finding out, like, what really happened to me throughout my life, it was like I ended up having to mourn my childhood and, you know, uh, mourn what I didn't right. get that I really deserved. And uh, right. it, it can do a, a lot of uh, really intense uh, pain to get through that of what really happened to me. And a lot of memories exactly. that I had really put down. But I think the brain is an amazing thing, at least for me it was, to to be able to compartmentalize all that. Um, I ended up with 31 personalities because of the, the separation, you know. Right. And worked with psychologists very intensely for 13 years until um, all the parts got to tell the stories. <clears throat> and it's right. very, very, very intense, well, with- you know. 
with a lot of children, when uh, they are sexually abused, it fragments their personality. Mm-hmm. It just crushes yeah. it, crushes it into fragments. Yeah, yeah. The brain is very, um, very powerful, and, and uh, uh, I tell you what, I, I am so grateful for the alters um, being developed because I, I don't know how I would have dealt with it otherwise. Well, I was dissociating all the time. I had big memory blocks when I first started in therapy and stuff, you know, and I was so confused. And uh, right. but, but as those um, pieces started coming out, and my therapist really is really good about having the kids draw and write in journals, some of the alters and just different things that, you know, really helped. Um, she yes, really knew what she was doing. <laughs> and, and a lot of therapists don't know. And I want to encourage people that if you're in therapy or, being a psychologist, psychiatrist, if you don't feel they're helping, you can switch therapists and psychologists. Um, I had a friend that That's had right. a psychiatrist. She said, you know, I go there and he yells at me just like my dad did. And I said, well, switch therapist or psychiatrist. And she says, I'm afraid to because I'm afraid if I try to leave him, he'll lock me up in the state hospital. And, you know, uh, she kept him for a long time. Now, did he actually threaten to do that? Did he actually threaten to do that uh, if she no, left? No, no. But in her mind, she, you know, she just believed that. Right. And, and but I've actually heard of of uh, therapists, psychologists doing that. That if they yeah. dare to leave their care, mm-hmm. that they yeah. would lock them up. I've heard of that before. Yeah. 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 And that that's an abuse of power. You know, you're supposed to be there to help that person, not to entrap that person, and that's entrapment. It is, yep. And and uh, so, you know, if, if that's happening is something you need to definitely reach out for help. I'm not really sure who you would go to. Probably a, um, some kind of a, um agency that deals with psychiatrists, uh, licensing right. or something. Right. And sadly, a lot of them let that license go to their head and mm-hmm. they end up abusing their patients. Yeah. You know, that that is a yeah. form of psych- psychological abuse. Yeah. Well, that's what happened and when to somebody me does that, me. and when somebody mm-hmm. does that, when when a therapist does that to a patient, then you know it's a, a clear sign that they are they're not they're not out for the patient's well being, they're out for their own pocketbooks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was told that if I didn't get shock treatments, they were going to take away my children if I didn't voluntarily sign the papers. So I call my voluntary for shock treatments. Uh, you know, I still have long and short-term memory loss because of it. My kids used to bring up stuff that happened when they were kids, and it would break my heart to remember. So they kind of let me bring up stuff now. They don't. They know how much it hurts right. that I can't. Well, see, they violated the patient's rights. You know, even mm-hmm. in psychiatry, the patient has rights, and that includes the right to refuse treatment. Mm-hmm. 
so I like to speak I like to speak up on this. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And Go I, ahead. They threatened to lock me up if I didn't go and get my shot. So I get my shot every month currently. Uh, and what kind of shot is that? In Vegas. Okay. Is that a shot? Uh, is is that a, a psychotropic? Is that a psychotropic drug or? I haven't done my research on it. Well, you. Uh, well, I let let me give you some friendly advice. You might want to do some research on it and see and see what it's for, what the side effects are, and read on, read up on it as much as you can because, you know, they're putting something into your body and you have a right to know what that what that is and what it does. You understand? Yeah. You have a, you, this is your body. Right. And you have a right to know what you are putting in it. Victoria? Victoria. Yes. Um, I tried to call you for like peer support, but I can't find your number on the website. Oh. Um, okay, well I can give you my number right now. Um, it's on okay, the website too. Okay, seven six three seven oh three. Mm. Seven oh three. Zero four three nine. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's on the website under uh, Minnesota Ambassador. And I want to also mention that this month is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month as well. And, uh, right. And I'm trying to, you know, speak out more about that the stigma, you know, being diagnosed with, uh, you know, um, different disorders and stuff and. Um, you know, I have a whole bunch of diagnosis, and I went to my psychiatrist, and I said something like, well, I think I have, you know, ADHD or ADD or whatever, and my psychiatrist says, I don't think you need another label. I think you have enough. <laughs> and I was, like, so crazy about that. <laughs> it's like all we really need is one to get, you know, to get help. And, I mean, you know, I clean my house and they want to say that I have, you know, um, OCD or whatever it's called, you know, and it's like um, putting all these labels on us, I think, is um, is crippling to people because we look at, you know, what's this diagnosis and rather than seeing, um, well, maybe this is what I'm doing right now, but how can I overcome it, you know? Um, what can I do um, to take risks to get out of it or get support um, to change my behavior or whatever. And um, I think when we just focus on what is this, and I have it, I have it, I have it, not I can get healthy, I can get healthy. We, I got stuck, real stuck, because I was just focusing on what the diagnosis was and not, you know, that we can change our behavior, we can change our feelings, we can change our actions. And I didn't ever believe that. I thought I was stuck with whatever it was they labeled me as. So what are we to get mental health? 
was that? Well, does anybody know what is good for mental health? Like, what are the keys to mental health? Because this is mental mental health month. Mm-hmm. No. You know that uh, um, that it, like I said, it really helped me going to therapy. And then NASCA has um, three peer support groups a week on uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And you can go on the NASCA website right on the front. It's Zoom, and you could just come and you don't have to put your name in there. You can put whatever name you want. You don't have to be on camera, be anonymous. Um, there's nobody that's going to push you to talk. Um, you can just come and listen. And uh, we have, you know, we have support. You can come as many times as you want. Come once. Um, come a week later if you need more support. Whatever. Um, and we talk about what happened to us and uh, what we're dealing with right now because of what happened to us, you know. And people, you know, I've had so many people to say, can't you just get over it, you know, and you've been talking about this for so long, you know, and can't you just get over it or can't you quit talking about it? And I'm like, no, I can't because I'm still struggling. I'm still dealing with it. I still dissociate. I still have panic attacks. I'm 61 years old, and I've been in therapy since I was 21, and I'm still dealing with it. And I'll probably be in recovery for my child abuse until I take my last breath because I want to continue to keep growing and getting healthier. I mean, I've taken breaks from therapy because it just felt like I wasn't, you know, really living my life. But um, I'm back in therapy now, and, you know, I'm working on a whole bunch of different things that I worked on before. And uh, you just go through kind of different phases, you know. But, uh, well, and, well, yeah, good luck, there are a lot of issues. Good luck, mm-hmm. Victoria, with your, good luck with your journey of recovery and being stronger. Thank you. Thank you. I've got um, 36 years uh, sober and drug-free. And, um, you know, I keep saying all I've really got is this moment that all any of us have, you know, um, because I um, I don't know. If I if I'd have tried to go uh, one day at a time like some people do, I, I couldn't do it. I had to do it one moment at a time. And some of those moments are really hard to get through. I did a lot of it alone because there wasn't the kind of support there is these days. NASCA wasn't alone when I was 21. <laughs> you know, 40 years ago. There wasn't really nothing. You know, I'd like to say something, Philip. Is that uh, okay, okay. It's okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to, because you asked what can help with, with your mental health. When I listen to this um, neurosurgeon guy, he has a podcast, and he says the most important thing to our health is our sleep and that it be, um, don't stay up all night and sleep all day. It's, it, you should be in tune with the earth in your sleep. You should go to bed when, not when it gets dark, but in the dark, like 10 p.m. or something, and wake up in the light. 
Um, he right. also said, when you get up in the morning, if you can, go outside and get that sun right in your eyes because your eyes measure that this is like early sun and it'll it'll set your internal clocks. And then when you go at, in the evening as late as you can, go out and see the light so that your brain knows, okay, now it's getting dark. That's what the neuroscientist guy says. That's my advice. Right. Thanks, Amy. Welcome. I, I hope to hear if you if you give it a try, be sure and let me know if you think it helps you. Yeah, I was talking I to my my Go ahead, Victoria. Yeah, I was talking to my psychiatrist the other day and I said that I had stayed up till three in the morning, you know, and she goes, Oh my goodness, do you have a hard night? And I says, No. I said, Man invented time. I said, sometimes I just get really excited about doing a project. I'm an artist, and I get a splurt of energy. And then when my body says rest, I rest. And when my body says go, 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 I go, go, go. And uh, I don't I don't even look at the clock. I just, you know, yeah. unless, of course, I'm doing a blog doc radio show, and I've got but I set alarms, like for my medications. I set alarms for if I'm doing a radio show. I got a worker showing up. But besides that... <laughs> Um, my body, I've, I'm finally through with my body and listening to my inner voice that says, you know, you want to do this project? You know, get out the stuff and get working on it. And um, I get real excited about doing something. And out in my, out in my garden or my yard, I created a meditation area. And I go out there at night when it's dark. And uh, I light my candles and I turn enough light to get all my steps that are my neck. <laughs> and uh, you know, if I do painting and I'm I'm up late, you know, painting or um doing crafts or whatever, um I really I really believe that I need to listen to what, you know, my body is telling me. But sometimes I just go, you know, I'm really tired. Um, I got that blog tech radio show I start at seven o'clock and it's five thirty. I think I'll lay down for an hour. You know, because I had a busy day. And so I just, I really try to um, um, go with the flow. You know, my whole life I was told, I should do this, I should do that. My daughter says, Mom, if you just get an 8-to-5 job, you'll be fine. I'm not the kind of person that can do that. (laughs) I'm just not, you know. It works for her, um, but it doesn't work for me. And uh, getting on a regular schedule can help a lot of people. Um, I used to go to a day treatment program that all day long um, I, I went in the morning and then came back, you know, about 2, 3, at three o'clock. And uh, they had, it was very structured. And it really helped me because I had no structure to my life, you know. And so I try to, you know, like when I do get up, I try to get up early when I do get up. I have, like, certain things I do, like I listen to a morning meditation, and uh, then I, um, you know, get something to eat and take care of my dogs, and I go down and feed my squirrels and sit in my meditation area for about an hour. And, uh, you know, I I have a routine, and that does help. And I feel like uh, to tell myself that I have a purpose on this earth, which I never believed. Like I said, I thought my only purpose was... Um, to sexually gratify other people. And uh, I don't believe that anymore. 
you know, I've come a long way to switching that around. <laughs> and and I do things that make me happy. And I've tried a lot of things that, yeah, I don't really like that. It's all like tried skiing, no thanks, you know. Uh, with zip lining, my granddaughter talked me into doing that. And uh, I had a blast. <laughs> now, I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but I could say I did it, you know. <laughs> and, uh you know, I have a real hard time going on an airplane. And it isn't the airplane of our time. It's the airport. <laughs> so many people there. And I can't get to where I need to go. But um, just by taking some small risks and, uh, hey, maybe I'll, go, you know, go out to the park and just just sit out there and look at nature. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things you could do. And um, just what would you like to do with your life? Like while you have, you know, this time on earth. And for me, being grateful is very important, you know, to go outside and purposefully find something to be grateful for. Be it a tree that I'm sitting under that has shade or the sunlight, you know, shining on my face. Or the other day I just took my shoes off and I didn't want to walk because I didn't know what I'd step on, but I just kind of ran my feet through the grass because I remember when I was a little kid I used to just like running in the grass but I don't know what's really in my yard I just moved in this place and there's a lot of rocks in the yard so I'm, I'm afraid to hurt myself but just you know um, we're here to live life and enjoy, to enjoy life and, and to be happy and uh, and you know have some responsibility and feel good about what we do and give ourselves a pat on the back. Matter of fact, when I do something that's really hard, I yell out, go star. <laughs> and it encourages mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I'll name off something I'm grateful for today. And it's a fascinating to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm great. Appreciate I'm great. Non and all your Yeah, I'm grateful. But yeah, I'm grateful for a roof over my head. Yeah, I'm definitely grateful for NASCO. Um, 15 years ago, I called Bill, um, Bill Murray, the founder. Um, I found it by just I don't know googling it. I guess it was a little long then whatever, I searched, and uh, I found his phone number and called him up, and uh, I was very ashamed to um, tell my story because I wasn't, I didn't escape till I was 21, and I had so many people, even a psychiatrist, and a psychiatrist that said, you must have enjoyed it or you wouldn't have stayed so long and you wouldn't have kept going back, and uh, I was in so much shame until I talked to Bill about it, and then he had me on the radio show, and I encourage anybody that's a survivor um, to come on and uh, tell your story because tell you what it really helps other people to know that they're not alone. Annie, would you like to give the phone number again? Sure. The phone number for you to call in and please do call in is six four six. Five nine five two one one eight, 
and I'm Annie, and I'll answer the phone and say hi, and then you can ask a question of Cherie, if you like, or make a comment, or um, comment on what anyone has said tonight. One more time, that's 646-595-2118. Please call. And I also want to let people know that we're on Monday through uh, Friday at the same time. So if you're listening to this afterwards, uh, we have some, uh, this is um, scan number 3182. So that means we have 3,182 episodes that you can go back and listen to. And uh, so there's a lot of information, a lot of survivor stories. Um, like Sharia has been on many times before and uh, shared a lot of really wonderful information. So, uh, Sheree, would you like to uh, um, talk a little bit more? I know that you've got some uh, books and I think a website and something. Would, uh, would you like to share that? Yeah, sure. Uh, my blog has changed. I went self-hosted, so uh, it's no longer uh, – www.sheriewhite. It's uh, the new link is www.authorsheriewhite.com. That's www.authorsheriewhite.com. And you want to spell Sheree? C H E R I E. Thank you. And, and you want to tell go to a about your board? I'm sorry. Uh, you, when you get to when you get to the blog, you'll get to a landing page, and then uh, there'll be options, and you just choose blog. And the landing page has all of my books, and the links to the Amazon links to them. And then you, if you want to go to the blog, it'll say blog across the heading. Uh, it'd be a blog button. You just push that, and you'll and you'll be at my blog. But uh, my, I, I've published four books. Uh, one is a memoir about how I was bullied in school. Um, that it's entitled "From Victim to Victor: A Survival's True, a Survivor's True Story of Her Experiences with School Bullying." And that's available on Amazon. Uh, then I have three fictions. Uh, one of uh, the second of which is uh, Townies, Cronies, and Hayseeds, and uh, that's about uh, town corruption and bullying. Uh, that's also available on Amazon. Then I have The Vow of Chastity Baker. That's the third book. It's fiction, and it's about a girl who was once a prostitute. Uh, she makes a vow to uh, to better her life, and she runs into bullies who who know about her past and bully her for it. Uh, and then the fourth book is uh, Kids Under the Latch Key, and uh, that's about a a mental a mentally uh, disabled man who gets uh, bullied in his town for being different. And it's a first-person narrative told by a bystander and witness to his bullying. 
And that's also available on Amazon. Are you there? Yeah. I just Hello? need to wait for oh. a minute. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I thought the call, it sounded like the call had been dropped. Uh, we get lousy no. reception here. I live in a uh-huh. rural area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have uh, two dogs, and I just had to deal with something. <laughs> oh, um, gotcha. Yeah. I've got two dogs, I got, too. I got a new puppy. I got two Bashans, and oh, I just got a new puppy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we got a new old. dog, too. Mm. We got a new dog, too. His name's Bandit. And what's your puppy's name? Uh, Veneta. And oh, my little boy that's is a pretty name. Yeah, my little boy is uh, Marshmallow. My granddaughter <laughs> named him. I put it on Facebook. I was looking for a name. Called me up, Grandma. I got a name. And so what is it? Well, first of all, you know, can't just tell me. He's small. He's white. He's soft and he's sweet. So you have to call him Marshmallow. <laughs> so that's, that's cute. That's how he got his name. But he's my service dog. And uh, I was in this living facility and had to really fight. Um, and uh, um, I went through health for two years, over two years there. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to get it all down on paper because I found out I could do a lawsuit. And uh, I'm trying to find the process and everything to do it. I could do it myself. I've tried to talk to some attorneys and, you know, they don't really understand the situation and, you know, like when I moved in there, um, a little bit after I moved in, I got a letter from a psychiatrist that said I could have a service animal for my um, uh, complex PTSD. And uh, first thing they said to me, well, you're not blind. <laughs> and I'm like, no, there's other ways you can get a service animal. And uh, the director says, uh, well, you want to get a dog? And I go, no, I am getting a service animal. And she says, well, who's going to take care of it? I said, well, I am. She goes, well, you can't take care of yourself. And I go, that's why I need a service animal. And I got up and just left, you know. Because it was like, and then I kept trying to say, whenever I was fighting an issue with them, um, you know, toward Americans with Disability Act, um, these are my rights. And I had the paperwork upstairs because I underlined and highlighted everything. And she says, I don't want to see your goddamn papers. So I went through hell. Wow. And my son, because I was suicidal, at least five times and didn't tell anybody. And the thing that kept me going was fighting to keep him. Because I knew if I went in the psych ward, there'd be nobody to fight for him. So I didn't tell anybody. But the last thing I did was wrote on Facebook I was giving away all my stuff and my daughter is a director of a dual dependency program out here in Minnesota and so that was like a red flag and uh, my son called me up right. and said he was uh, going to invest in a place in Minnesota and um, said I want to live there with my former husband you know it took me a few minutes to think about it but I said yeah I could live with him um, we're friends you know there was no bad divorce or anything. Um, we just we just uh, separated because we kind of grew apart, you know. 
And uh, right. but anyway, we've been living here over a year now and been going really well. And I got a nice yard, and my dog fenced in, and my dog can run around. My little girl doesn't know how to make it down the steps, thank God. <laughs> That's too hard to catch. <laughs> She's got a lot of energy. Right. But my life is now, completely so- different, you know. Well, I'm so glad that you've you've managed to build a, build a life for yourself. You know, you're yeah. not just a survivor. You're you're a warrior. You're a winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're an overcomer. Yeah, I call myself a thriver. Um, exactly. I changed my name. I changed my name in 2000. I self-published a book, and uh, my biological father was still out there, who I call my sperm donor, and. Uh, I was afraid to go out and start speaking. So I, I got a name book in uh, Victoria means victorious, and Ruth was my middle name, so I kept that, which meant spirit. And Kelly means warrior, so my name was Victorious Spirit Warrior. That's what my name means. And I didn't feel like it, you know, when I first took it, but I sure feel like it now. I am a Victorious Spirit Warrior, and I can tell you, I feel that every day. That is a blessing. That's, that's a pretty good nickname for your father. That's what I should call mine. Yeah, he's he died, and uh, I wrote on Facebook that uh, um, I can't even tell you the freedom that I can't even describe the freedom I feel um, after I found out he was dead. You know, I wrote that on Facebook, and my cousin unfriended me. <laughs> um, and a lot of people wrote some real negative things on there. And, you know, I just scroll down past all that negative shit because I don't have time for it. I've got, you know, I've got too much to do in my life than, you know, deal with all that negative crap. I just, if I, if there's negative stuff going on in my life, I just literally turn away from it and go towards something positive. I, I don't have time for it. I have to go. I have an NA meeting. Well, I'm glad you were able to come on, Philip, and, uh, yeah, you give me a call if you want to. Um, I'm usually up late. Can you accept text? Yep. Yep, I sure can. May I text you, please? Sure, go ahead. Yep. Then I'll have your which, number, too. Which That'll help. Which do you prefer? Hmm? Which um, you why prefer? don't you text me just so I have your number, then? All right. I prefer to talk to people on the phone because uh, when people text me, I don't always see the text or the messages or whatever. Um, you know, there's so many things now. There's text, messenger, WhatsApp. Um, it's just it's too much for me. I tell people, if you really want to talk to me, call me. <laughs> Yeah. Goodbye. Okay, bye now. Thank you. You take care, Philip. Yeah. And are you still here? I'm still here. Do you have yes. any comments on what we've been talking oh. about? Um, not, not really. No, but Carol is on the line now. Perhaps she'd like to comment. Sure. 
Hey, Victoria. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How about you? That's good. I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah I was okay. listening to what you were. I was. Li- yeah, I was listening to what you were saying, and mm-hmm. you're in a much more positive um, mind spirit, if you will, mm-hmm. than you used to be. And I think that's very helpful too when you're in the healing process, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so you have a better sense of self, and, and also yeah. too. You also like yourself a lot more now, which is very important. Yeah. It, it truly is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and like what you were saying with your relatives, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you put that, you put down that, you know, you were glad or you said you were glad your father was dead. Some people might mm-hmm. think of that as being very harsh, but mm-hmm. I get it. Um, I think yeah. I felt a sense of relief when um, this is going to sound terrible. But especially since this is Mother's Day. But when my mother passed away, um, there was a, a hole in me, but also a relief in me all at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, because when you're um, beaten up too many times as a kid, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and all the things that we talk about on NASCA, um you know, I'm I'm vice president, and I've been there for how many years now? Going on 13 mm-hmm. in June, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear all these things from people, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they think, you know, when we come out with these remarks, my God, how could she say that about her mother or her father or whatever? Mm-hmm. But we're just people, mm-hmm. and we have feelings. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, exactly. yeah. And I'll mm-hmm. never forget it because you reminded me of something. My mother never told me that she loved me, ever. And then when Sorry. she was dying on her gurney, if you will, in, in the hospital, um, they didn't have room for her in the bedroom. So they had her in like a mm-hmm. gurney type thing in, in, in the hallway. Um, but anyway, she was mouthing, because she was too weak, she was mm-hmm. mouthing, Carol, I love you. And it meant absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were and talking I, about that the other night I was on, and we were talking about deathbed conditions. And all the time yeah, just well, well, my, my so point is saying that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But my point, my point in that is I'm actually backing up what you said, because um, when we get, you know, too much, too much of this and that, all well, the negatives in life that we go through mm-hmm. and uh, we shouldn't go through, um, that, mm-hmm. that can happen. So anyone out yeah. there who has the same type of feelings, okay, because they were so mistreated as a child, don't feel guilty. Just right. because a mother has a parent you name, you know, mother doesn't mean that she's good, or a father doesn't mean that he's good, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have to live up to that too, all right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so it's important for people to know, um, you know, if you have ill feelings about your parents, uh, they may have earned it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's all I had to say. Yeah. My biological father, when I escaped, told me if I ever left him, he would find me and lock me in a basement because he had uh, made me sign a sexual slave contract and was torturing me with S&M and uh, mm-hmm. told me if he, if he doesn't find me, he'll send somebody to find me. So every time I got close to somebody, I think, what if he, what if they were the person that he sent to find me, and I'd get up and move, or I'd, I'd contact out with them, you know, like, why are they being nice to me? Maybe, you know, he's the one they sent, 
and and I would get scared. And so when I found out that he had died, I felt like I never had to look over my shoulder again or worry about who I'm connecting with. Well, that's that's what happens. You know, when yeah. the abusers, you know, pass away, um, mm-hmm. we do feel a sense of relief. I, look, I think I'm the only one left, all right? My mm-hmm. brother's gone. And I, I know he's dead mm-hmm. because if he was alive, he'd be asking me for money, <laughs> all right? right? I mean, that's the only right. thing he wanted from me. And, um, mm-hmm. well, he was one of my abusers, too, when I was a kid, you know, sexual. Mm-hmm. And that was okay, mm-hmm. all right? So, mm-hmm. um He's gone. He was five years older than me, so I, I'm sure he's gone. And um, my mother's gone. My stepfather's gone. My bio father never knew him really because of ancestry. I know him. He wasn't my father. And so all these things, all these people, all these negative influences that we had in our lives, when they mm-hmm. pass away, sometimes mm-hmm. it is a relief. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to look over your shoulder. Okay. Yeah. So. And I've had you know, people say, well, how could a father do that to you? And I said, I really don't know, you know, and, and it's like they just don't get it because they haven't had those experiences. And all I really think is I'm glad they haven't had those experiences. I'm glad there are people out there that haven't been abused, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, right. They feel that, you know, even though mm-hmm. they don't understand, it's because they didn't go through what I did. And mm-hmm. uh um, I'd rather that they didn't understand because that means that they haven't, you know, had to live through that. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, you know. No, uh, uh-uh. no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So Sherry, I have never been on with you before. Mm. Oh, so this, this is yeah, this is a new first. I feel I'd call and see how the show is going. Yes, it is. And um, I'm glad that, you know, that everything's going fine. And um, I'm glad that you, you know, that you're here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm glad that, that you are working on your healing. I'm glad that you are building a life for yourself. Oh, I I'm did really that proud though, of you honey. for that. I, I did that long ago. <laughs> I had to. You've only got yeah. one life to live, and you have to make the best of it. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Absolutely. And, uh, Carol, did you yeah, just I think come it, on? It would... hmm? did, did you just, I was wondering if you heard the beginning of the show. No, not at all. Okay. My computer is down, uh, by I was the way. wondering if, uh, if Cherie could uh, bring up uh what you first brought up on the topic of um, uh, pedophiles and uh, the backlash you've been getting and what um, the new sexual preference thing is about, because Carol might be very interested in that. Yeah. Uh, Sure thing. Um, No, uh, I've been hearing on the news and doing a lot of reading Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, they are trying to normalize pedophilia. Mm-hmm. which is wrong on so many levels. And we have, you know, certain people going around and speaking at colleges uh, saying that ped- ped- pedophiles are people too and that pedophiles, uh, you know, are trying to, uh, they've come up with a name for themselves, uh, MAPS, which is Minor Attracted Persons, or <laughs> YAPS, 
which is youth-attracted persons. They're trying to euphemize it. Mm-hmm. You know, a euphemism, you've heard in English class when you were in school, a euphemism is a word or phrase that mm-hmm. softens a harsher meaning. That's right. But uh, we don't we don't need to go. You know, we we cannot go along with this. They are trying to normalize pedophilia. They are trying to uh, call themselves uh, uh, words and acronyms that don't sound as bad as the word pedophile. Right. And mm-hmm. basically, we have, uh, as I said earlier, we have these people going around to colleges uh, speaking, doing these TED Talks, TED Talks, mm-hmm. uh, basically justifying pedophilia. Well, let, let me say something there, okay? Um, and no. we yeah, also have outrageous. children. Go ahead. It is. It is. It, it's the worst kind of evil. We also have, you know, society is trying to um, – Another another issue is child mutilization, mm-hmm. uh, by which uh, basically it's what these uh, these uh, sex change operations are. They are they're basically saying that a a two year old, five year old, uh, nine year old, old enough to consent to having a sex change operation. That is not true. They're not old enough. If they're not old enough to drive, if they're not old enough to uh, smoke cigarettes or drink or go to war, then they're not. How can they be old enough to consent to such a surgery that will change their lives forever? It will keep them from having. They'll never have children. They'll never have a life beyond their own. Mm -hmm. And I called this out on Twitter, and I got a lot of blowback. And I was accused of uh, of uh, I was accused of hate speech. I was accused of um, mocking the transgender community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I was like, no, I don't mock the people because the people are brainwashed. I said I'm I do mock the ideology because no child under the age of eighteen should be allowed to ha- to to have this surgery. It's going to change their lives forever. And even at 18, you don't 18 is the age of majority, but even at 18, you don't know you really don't know what you want. You really don't start to figure that out until you're maybe in your late 20s, early 30s. Mhm. Mhm. And it's going to ruin a lot of kids' lives. And they no, are already starting. It's already. Let me let me say something here because you're bringing up a whole bunch of stuff. Um, first of all, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, you see, people who started all of this stuff. Let's go back to the pedophilia stuff. That's been going yes. on for years. That's been going on for right. years. They've been mm-hmm. trying very hard to make it um, more normal, okay, mm-hmm. and exactly. acceptable, okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it's neither of those two. It's not normal and it's not acceptable. And I really think that a lot of people, yes, they can be brainwashed, but then there are those people like me and like people, I'm a tough person. I won't stand for stuff like that. And there's people on, on NASCA, we're all the same. We fight for children. And we, exactly. we want children, you know, to uh, have a chance to grow up and, and be normal. 
If a person has a problem with their sexuality, they should go and get help. Because I I was having a conversation just the other day with uh, some people where I said, look, because I'm sick of tired of this stuff going on in the school also. And and I said, if you look down and you have a penis, I get harsh. (laughs) I do. If you look down and you have a penis, you're a man. If you look down and you have a vagina, you're a woman. And if you have problems with this, then go get help. Right. Don't push that on other people who don't have problems. So what's happening now is uh, the teenagers, for God's sake, especially, and even a little bit younger than teenagers, who are being forced into this position, you know, maybe you're really a guy. Maybe you're really a boy and not a girl. Or the way you play ball. Like I was very heavy, rough into uh, sports, and I played so well that they put me on the boys' team with baseball. I lasted two weeks. I think they were throwing the ball at me. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, saw, they saw that I was a rough kid, and also I loved my sports, and it was like an outlet for me. I loved to run. I jumped the hurdles, and I was very good at baseball. I was on the basketball team. I was all these things. That doesn't mean that I'm not feminine. That means that I was a sports person, a sportsman, a sports lady, a sports young girl, okay? And I used it to help get rid of a lot of the um, anger and aggressive feelings that I had, okay? Now, this I did all before I started drinking. Right. I started drinking and popping pills because uh, I needed to get rid of the pain that I was in. This is how we self-medicate, right? Mm -hmm. But. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that if a person is you know um, a rough kid or whatever that they're not feminine. It just means that this is how they were handling a lot of times their life and also their interest. We have many girls out there that you know are into sports, and then you have the guys who want to be on the girls' team, which is absolutely totally not fair. Um, right. Why wouldn't why wouldn't a, a a guy outrun a girl or whatever sports it might be? Okay, there was something I watched the news all the time. Okay, I came from a political family, so either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Okay, so right. um, I happen to like it. So the point is, what's going on in this world now? I think it was started by a bunch of sick people. Whatever category you're going to use, whether it be with the pedophiles or whether it be, um, you know, the transgender or, or whatever else you're going to get into. And unfortunately, it's it's okay to have a voice. It's okay to have your own opinion. But don't right. push your stuff on other people. Because that's, a, well, that's it. And here's the problem. Think, yeah, you mentioned the age before. Yes. When they say that the mind doesn't actually, the brain doesn't completely um, develop until you're 25. Now I've heard even 26. Why? I don't know. That, that's wild to think that, but th- that's what they say. I'm not a doctor. Mm. Okay, I don't know. Mm. But um, a lot of times people will experiment. How many times do you hear of college kids? I know this. How do you, you know, they, they experiment in college because they're not sure of their own sexuality. It doesn't mean that that say girl is going to be a lesbian. She's going to stay a lesbian or turn into a lesbian, or with a a, a guy that he is going to be queer, okay, or gay, whichever way you want to call it. 
Um, they have an experience. They say, whoa, this isn't for me. This isn't who I am. And that's the end of it. Okay? So you have children like that. Now, if you take children like that who are not um, feeling, you know, good about their sexuality and not secure with their sexuality and you try to push all this stuff, maybe you should have been a boy or maybe you should have been a girl on them. You might be able to change their minds about their own sexuality because they're already questioning it. And that's where the danger lies. And then you have children who don't have a mind of their own because they're too little. And they're still forcing it even on them. And I think right. not only is it is a disgrace, I think it's a sin. It okay? is. It's a sin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Carol, we were talking, too, about um, the age of consent. We were talking that um, they're trying to say that two-year-olds um, can consent to uh, sexual relationships. That's crazy. And, it is. They yeah. are. And it's child abuse. And they want to try to change the laws. Exactly. And and I think it's pathetic. It, I mean, it's the worst kind of evil. We have government entities trying to push this crap. Well, And it's a disgrace. You know, I'm not a Democrat. I think you can tell. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't go along with all this craziness. That, and what they're doing is they're ruining people. Think about it. They are. They, they are. are. And as you can tell, people. I'm not a Democrat either. <laughs> no. But I can uh, tell that. <laughs> let's, let's just – let's have just, no uh, opinion on it. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, Call just, it what I'm it just is. getting that out there. Just a little bit, that's it, that's all I'll say. But that there lies a lot of times the problem, okay, is because a group of people, I'll put it that way, a group of people are trying to push all this stuff on society, and it's not fair, it's not right, and shame on them. I'll leave it at that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, these uh, uh, so-called, it, you know, the schools are even in on it. It's just a group of people that, that are twisted in uh, their thinking to, to think that a two-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, um, and then they want to, you know, make it so it's, it's legal. They want to, you know, um, and I think exactly. that uh, we were talking about um, when you were calling uh, uh, people that were using whatever terms or when you were calling them pedophiles and getting backlash on that, it's it, it's what it is. Um, they're pedophiles, and it's illegal. And yet, you're getting backlash, and it doesn't. It doesn't even make sense to me. Absolutely, it doesn't. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to call that out. I don't care, you know, how. I don't care how many people bully me over it. I don't care how mm-hmm. many people try to cancel me over it. This mm-hmm. crap is wrong. It, yep. It's wrong. And I'm going to call it out. I don't care. I don't care what these people think. You know, uh, you know, when people come at me for calling out this, uh, this ideology, and you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that basically tells kids that they, they can consent to surgeries that will change their life forever. When people come at me for that, you know, my thought is these people must be pedophiles too. Uh, you know, I, that that's 
And really, you know, the opinions of a bunch of pedophiles, I just don't care about. Because to me, pedophiles, people who abuse kids, innocent children, are the lowest forms of life on earth. Uh, I don't, they are. And I've even been accused of being a bully for saying that. <laughs> but no, right is right like and wrong is wrong. Me. Go ahead. <laughs> they accused me of being a bully for mm-hmm. saying for saying stuff like I just said. Pedophiles and pe- any anyone who abuses a child is the lowest form of life on earth, and I'm not sorry for saying it. Well, I agree because with children you. Are, Children are innocent, and children are small. They cannot fight back. There's mm-hmm. a power imbalance there. A mm-hmm. child, they're, 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 they have not yet developed the concrete thinking skills that an they're, adult they're not, has. They're not old enough to do that, okay? Exactly. Um, you and know, that's so, what I mean, makes that, them. That's terrible. It's an imbalance of power. Mm-hmm. You know, children are innocent, they're small, they don't have the brain development yet, and right. all of that creates an imbalance of power. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this sexually abusing a child, threatening them to stay silent, that's bullying in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the pedophiles are trying to bully people like you and me to stay quiet and to go along with this 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 normalization of child sexual abuse, you know, these groups are bullying people like us, and we've got to call it out. Well, they wouldn't get anywhere got to with speak me. Speak out Sharon. about it. They wouldn't get anywhere with me, honey. All right, I'll stand right by you. You want to fight? Yeah, they're I'll not fight. getting anywhere with me either. They may no. cancel me. They may. Stop the sale of my books. You know what? I don't care about that. I don't care about the money. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't. Mm-hmm. What I care about is saving these children. What I care about is saving. Go ahead. Well, do you realize that, like, I watch the news all the time. That's about all I watch. That and JTV, but we won't talk about that. But anyway, right? Um, <laughs> um, with the kids, okay, with the kids, um, the suicide rate is now going up so high and with yeah. teenagers and so forth, even kids that aren't teenagers quite yet. And, you know, a lot of them, um, they have been tried. They had a girl on just the other day. A young lady, I mean, she's just like, I don't know, 17 or something like that. To me, that's still a kid. But, um, and and she had had, you know, it started with the sex change stuff. And she was so unhappy. She was so unhappy because, you see, she was being bullied into, you know, her thinking that, you know, maybe you should be a boy, not a girl, and all this other stuff. And, and, And she's just at the edge of her She's about ready to lose her mind, I think. And so I don't know if any of this is reversible because they don't talk about it too much, exactly what she's had done but um, or what. But she certainly needs to have a psychiatrist or even be inpatient where she can talk to someone about what's already happened to her. Somehow she thought right. that she, maybe she wants to be a boy, wants to become a man. And right. then 
when she started all of this, because people started, you know, clogging her head full of all kinds of garbage, if you will, um, then after she got to a certain point, she said, my God, what what am I doing? And what'd they do to me? Right. Well, let me tell you this. The medical, some of the medical, some of these medical institutions, mm-hmm. these doctors trying to bully these having sex reassignment surgery. Mm-hmm. It's becoming a business. Yes. They don't care about these kids. They do not care about these kids. The only thing they care about is their pocketbook. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the fact that they, they are ruining the lives of kids. They don't. No, All they, they don't. care about is the almighty dollar, and, and it really, pardon my, pardon my tone, it just really ticks me off that they are using innocent children to try and to exp- basically experiment on well, and, and get that too, money. Then also, too, about the almighty dollar, you're quite right, because I heard, again, I watched the news so much, and uh, so I happened to walk out of the room, and I came into the room, and I, I was watching the TV, and they didn't list the hospitals. I'm talking about regular hospitals, okay, where they allow this type of surgery. Um uh, but they were talking that it is about the almighty dollar. Obviously, the person that was running um, that part of the show is so against it as well. And why wouldn't we be? Okay. Right. And there's hospitals out there care. if They, they just want the money to come in. That's they're raking right. It in. It's, they're raking it in, and it's disgusting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And but uh, you know these last three years, you know we we figured out that the medical establishment that mm-hmm. they don't care about the patient. It's all about that all, almighty dollar. Uh, yep. We figured that out through another little event. Uh, I, I'll just leave it at that. You know what event I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But I'll leave it at that. <laughs> But the medical establishment's nothing but a, a money racket, and they're using these innocent children, mm-hmm. trying to drum it into their heads. Oh, you need sexual reassignment surgery, and on top of that, the schools are yep. trying to take the parents' rights. They see a little girl playing with trucks, or. Boy, a boy playing with dolls, and the school will say, "Well, you, I, I, you're a, you're a girl, you know. You hear of that too." And the schools are telling these kids not to go home and tell their parents what they told them. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and, and that is that abuse on, on so many. That is abuse on so many levels because kids are so impressionable. That's exactly right. And they shouldn't have the right. These teachers should be held accountable. See, if we lived in a normal society, which we're not right now. Uh, nope. And and every, everything ugly is coming out right now. Let's put it that way. Uh, oh, but if they demonic. live in a normal life where kids go to school, they learn their studies, instead of all this other stupid talk that's coming out, yeah. Um, that's the way it should. We need to go backwards so we can move forwards. I put that online the other day. Exactly. And 
Some people didn't like that either, but I don't care because we need to go back to where we were so we can move forward and become what we're supposed to be. And you can't do that when you have all of these people trying to tell you what your life should be right now. And that's changing your sexuality. And, gee, maybe you're supposed to be a little boy or maybe you're supposed to be a little girl. All this stuff is, is disgusting. And uh, people who, you know, the teachers that do that should be fired. Exactly. And oh, I'm so glad that, that I have grown children, that, that, all, that, that all of my children grew up, went to school during a time when when sanity reigns supreme yeah i'm so glad they went to school and i'm glad i went to school during a time to where people when people were sane i'm glad my children went to school during the 90s and early 2000s when people were sane if i had small children today i would jerk them out of public school so fast, and I would homeschool them mm-hmm. because they're not teaching them. They're teaching them crap anymore, and it's not making them smarter. It's dumbing them down. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's control of their lives. Mm-hmm. You're right. Exactly, and they're trying to they're trying to cut the parents out of the kids' lives because they don't want any interference. They want to brainwash your children. They want to force them to get these these awful surgeries, and they don't want any interference. And they view the parents as an obstacle. They view the parents as as interference, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. Well, we're not going to have, you know, like Bill always say, says, and I say this quite often, our children are our future. I mean, this is what he says, and he's quite right. Exactly. If, we, if we're not bringing our children up normally, then we're going to have another society that's going to be sick. Exactly. The children of today, what they come from, from their homes, when you see them out in the streets, you see them doing all kinds of bad things and all these things, it's not really the kid's fault. You have to right. look into the family and try to decide what on earth is wrong in the family. Because exactly. kids, they mimic what they see many times. That's and they right. become like numb when it comes to violence because uh, they've lived up with domestic violence. They've seen it. Um, maybe they're afraid right. they were going to get hit. Them. Right, absolutely. That was my point. I became numb. Okay? Right. And, I mean, people could get, I'm just using this, people could get killed in front of me and I probably wouldn't respond in a normal way or whatever right. at one point in my life. Not so much today, but at one point in my life, we are what we learn. We are what we see. And kids are supposed to look up to their, you know, authority figures. And if they're saying that you should be a boy or you should be a girl, um, they look at them and if they, again, if they have any, you know, ideas in their head that maybe, gee, maybe I should be a boy or I wish I was a boy, I wish I was a girl and all this other stuff, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You don't need to exactly. talk like that around you. You don't need it. We're gonna we're gonna you need to wrap up. We got we got two minutes left, and yep. uh, I just want to make sure that uh, people know that um, you can go to nasca dot org n a a s c a dot org, which is the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse, and um, 
there are um, a lot of contact numbers. There's a lot of information. We've got like 40 programs on there. And um, I would like to um, end, end with uh, NASCA Serenity Prayer. Please grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly. The courage to forgive right. myself because I always try my best. And the wisdom to know that I am a good person with a kind heart. And uh, we're all doing our best, and uh, we're trying to get this message out. Um, you know, God bless uh, adult survivors of child abuse, and God bless all the children in the world. Um, let's do our part. If you see something, say something. And uh, let's, uh, let's join together and look at our commonalities rather than our differences. And uh, keep sharing and uh, keep bringing people in because there's a lot of people that are still in a lot of pain. And uh, we need to do this together. You never have to be alone again. And uh, I'm I'm glad for everybody, and thanks for Sheree. And uh, we hope that you'll share share this link and everything with other people so that we can continue these conversations. So, Okay. okay. Thanks for everyone for coming on and having these discussions. And we'll see you all soon. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye. 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 All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good night. You too.